I'm here now. I'm here now. What's up, Rye? You hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Oh, there you're we not go. Going, you're you, not man? going 70 miles an hour either this time. <laughs> Fast as I could through where I was, man. No shit. <laughs> no shit. Good to see you guys. <laughs> yeah. How you doing, Bob? I'm, you know, I'm hanging in there, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Tricky. Official. You official as fuck, Tricky. <laughs> yes. I was saying to Jamar that I am the proud owner of my own name now. <laughs> uh, congratulations. That's very exciting. It kind of is because now um, I have a, a kind of a quiet business venture with a friend trying to do some, some take on Bloody Mary mixes, not using traditional tomato, but using a different recipe. So I'm going to trademark it under Tricky Mickey. Tricky Mickey Prairie Mary is what we're going to be calling it. So. <laughs> Mickey Prairie Mary. Yeah. I like that. Well, you know, it rolls well, off the tongue real nice. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Black Helpline. The Black Helpline. Oh, and we're getting press now, huh? <laughs> we've, got, we've got press. Yeah. Press. I like that. Yeah, right. did you know? I did not. Yeah, we got some press. Um, somebody wrote about us and then wrote about Malcontent's product on the side of the same article. And really pretty fucking great. Nice. Yeah. Yes, I'll, uh, Min- is it Minnesota Monthly? Yes. Uh, talk, talks cool. about all the businesses in the Twin Cities area. And this one was specifically focused on on um, blackness in the Minneapolis area and, um, and, and ways that you can contribute to the black businesses that are in town. And, of course, the black a black podcast. There you go. Shout out to Mecca for the uh, for the beautiful mm-hmm. article. Shout out to Mecca for sure. So what's going on? So Rye, you're back out in the uh, the land of fires and <laughs> and everything else that's wrong with the world. Baby reveal. That's what started that fire. Yeah. What was it? <laughs> a baby reveal. You know where they reveal the sex of a baby and they blow shit up. And no shit. Shit, shit. Black people don't do. <laughs> <laughs> Black people have revealed parties. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. It's called, it's called I'm pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the reveal is. <laughs> then you uh, run. It's anyway, so, so we got our, we got our, we got our buddy Rye in the house from California. I'm Tricky Mickey. I'm malcontent. I'm Big Germ. So Rye, tell us about your road trip from, uh, from Wisconsin back to California. I mean, you know, you oh, must have seen God, a yeah. lot of Americana. It was like uh, trying to waze your way through the Old Testament, man. <laughs> we, <were> like, <laughs> we took the southern route because Sturgis had just happened, so we're trying to avoid COVID with, like, you can't, you can't stop and piss in middle America without it being a, a political statement now. If, you wear, if you're wearing that mask, there's a look yeah. that you're all very familiar with from the old punk rock days when you walk in and you got a mask on, it's just like having had a Mohawk in 1980. Yeah. Like, get that look. So we avoided that. We went South and saw a term on the news. The first night we stopped, it said that uh, if we, if we did the Southern route, we were going into unsurvivable wind. Hurricanes. Oh. So, we had to, so we had to head West just North, like 50 miles North of the hurricanes in bad storms. So we're 
skirting north of the hurricanes, and then Waze tells us we have to change again because the freeways closed due to fire. So wow, it was it was Old Testament, man. So you got fire, you got wind, you got water, you got racists. And, all, <laughs> and it's so fucked up. What's so fucked up about this is that you're fucking white. And then you're still going to go through this shit. <laughs> no, I had to worry. God damn. <laughs> and that's some serious, serious stuff right there, isn't it? That's oh, my God. And then, and then, um, like even driving through that, you know, cause now we've, we've, we've known that we have this huge upsurge in COVID now because of that, there were close to 500,000 people there Where? and we've got, yes. And yeah. there's, there's 250,000 confirmed cases now spreading it around the fucking country. Yeah. We you have know? one die here in Minnesota. Yep. So far. Okay, bye. <laughs> so have you, are you seeing, a, I know you live, you don't live in Orange County, do you? No, no, right? no, 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 no. Okay. No. Well, you start to see, a, you're starting to see some of those, uh, some of the Harley people come back in from out of oh, town yeah. and shit and kind of stand away from them. Like, honey, stay away from that loud bike and the person that's on it. I'm in a bubble where everybody's being cool. And if you aren't, you get very much shunned or worse. But I'm in a bubble, you know? It's wow. A, yeah. That's got to be a hell of a bubble. But then again... That's nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's 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 got to be nice. I tell you. What do you... I don't know. I just I find that more and more people are forgetting that there's still a, an actual pandemic. I don't see anyone in the streets anymore. The only reason I see people wearing masks is because these stores actually mandate that you wear a freaking mask when you walk into their place. And so what I don't understand is why it's so hard for people to just wear a fucking mask. But anyway, I digress. I for, really- a short, for, for a very short period of time, too. America. Most, most cases. America, you can't tread on my rights. You can't tell me what to do. You can't do this to me. You are you're completely infringing upon all of my rights as an American. Right, that rugged, that rugged individuality, man. But you have to wear shoes in a store. Good to hear them all saying, "I can't breathe," isn't it? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if it's lasting eight minutes and forty-six seconds. <laughs> yeah. That's... So, Rye, tell us, tell us how you came on to be on the Black Helpline. Was it that? We know that you were curious about what's going on, and we wanted to bring you on as the white voice, the white middle middle aged middle class <laughs> white dude, <laughs> but also as an ally, broken. as our ally. So the last time we tried to speak, so maybe we should give our listeners just a little bit of background. We had Rye recorded, and the recording sounded like shit. And although we're on Zoom, this was a whole new level of Zoom shit. So. <laughs> We're bringing them back. <laughs> right. To talk about yeah. allyship. Allyship and, you know, to ask a white boy, basically. That's that, that important what you have to say, right? Fair enough. Um, I mean, a big part of it is you guys are providing a thing, which is there seems to be this, this animosity about the concept of listening. Like when people say you need to just listen, it, it turns into a uh, – uh, it gets taken as a threat or something. But the reality is if I listen to your podcast, I get to just listen. I don't have to participate. My voice is not needed. And I get to hear a perspective I don't have. So that's a big part of it to me is just enjoy listening. 
You know what I mean? Enjoy listening to a different perspective. I know my perspective. I don't need more of it. So just the first thing would be getting to hear you speak, getting to hear you say your truth, getting to hear you tell me about, I, you, I can walk into a target and walk out with a fucking TV. If I go through the self checkout and they don't look at me, you know what I mean? So hearing your perspective on that and recognizing what that is like is a fundamental shift, right? It's an important thing. Uh, absolutely. It is. Actually, I could walk into a Target and walk out with a TV without paying if I had a uh, if I had a white guy suit on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a frightening, frightening <laughs> white suit. <laughs> That'd be like with black hands. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> just, get ashy. No. just get ashy. Just get ashy. But no, you're right. You're right. The perspective that um that is that that is often either unseen or overlooked is important, especially right now, um, because just like you're you were talking about your road trip, driving through these areas, stopping at these places with a mask on and things like that. Do you think that either of us would be able to have, even if they had that mask off, we'd still be looked at as if we had one on? I mean, in a lot of those yeah. places. Yeah, this shit's crazy and. For me to get just a 2% taste of that, you know what I mean? It's annoying as fuck. It's annoying as fuck, but we also talked about this before. There's a reason you're all dying from hypertension and heart disease, right? Like that's... The stress. The stress of that trip to me, if I had to do that every day, I'd be 10 years older than I am, man. Yep. The stress stress of living while back, Black. Yeah. The fried chicken, though, too. Speak well, for yourself. I don't eat fried chicken. I know you don't eat fried chicken. I don't eat that shit. Dirty bird, that dirty yard bird. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. So okay. what do you say to people then? What do you say to people who don't get it? What do you say to people who complain about having to listen or that we're trying to say too much or that, you know, all lives matter and all that other kind of shit? You know, what do you, I, what do you say? You know, I, I especially see it in social media because I haven't fully weeded those people out of my life yet. I've weeded most of them out of my actual life. And the one that I can most say from inside the white bubble that you don't see, the same way you're telling me about your experience and I get to see it through you, the thing inside the white bubble is that we have an astonishing ability to control a narrative, to create the fiction of who we are and where we're from. And we use it without ever acknowledging it to ourselves. And so I guess what I mean to say is that like all the things that we want to complain about, about others tend to be things that we should be looking at ourselves for. Right. So violence. Yeah. White men. Sure. Yes. We're violent, but all those other things too. And, and we take that away from you by pretending that we don't have that problem. So the biggest thing to get back to the biggest thing in the white bubble, it's that there's a fiction we created when we were all probably in high school and they first came out with the Reagan thing of welfare Queens and Willie Horton and all that, where you had to stop saying what my grandfather said, which is this is a land of opportunity and it gave us all these chances and it gave us all these abilities. You had to start pretending you did it all on your own. So all the people I know out there, all the white people are successful and in my shoes, all pretend that they did it on their own. I'm successful and I did not do it on my own. It's nobody ever is patently obvious. It's not hard to say benefits. I had a safety net that none of you had. 
I had looked right. I had the opportunities. I had the friendships, all those secret little things. But we can't say that for some reason. That's our new fiction is that you. And so what it implies is that anybody who didn't do that is choosing not to or not working hard. That's the obvious inference, right? So yeah. that's the biggest thing in the white bubble is this lie that we have. And it's this constant ability that my people have to take what should be a shameful thing and turn it into a trait on others that they don't even have, you know? Interesting. When people, when people are taking, when people are taking that, 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 and, and, and a lot of ways that translates into the privilege that people don't actually see that they have because they don't realize that that exactly what you said is going on because it's so it's invisible for them to think that for a lot of people to think in your position that they didn't work themselves up that ladder themselves. There's always somebody below you. There's always a hundred, another human being being used as a cushion below you. And that's the thing they have to start realizing. Some of those people are people like me. Some of those people are people like these two. There's always someone below you societal that is, that is a cushion for you. You know, I want a cushion too, you know, but what a lot of people don't understand is that, there's not a cushion for everybody. You know, there's a cushion for some people to be able to uplift them higher than, um, than me, you know, mm. I mean, it could be in the same business and I guarantee you would have two different outcomes oh, yeah. know, yeah. at our age, yep. you know? Yep. And it also creates a thing in the white bubble where you are, I don't feel this, but, I definitely see around me the inability, like, I guess the easiest way to say it is how hard it is for so many people to just say Black Lives Matter, which is just should not be a difficult thing to say. And what I find interesting about it is I'm willing to bet if I ask the three of you, have Native Americans had a raw deal and a rough go of it, you could all say yes. But that's not a hard thing to say. Yes, they have. But it's yeah. true. Right. So why is it that you can say that, but white people can't say Black Lives Matter? Because it would somehow, I think, in my opinion, it would somehow make them wrong. It would mm. somehow make their treatment of us wrong. It would somehow make their positions weaker. And to admit that we should be treated with the same amount of respect means that they would have to admit that they never treated us with respect in the first place or dignity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, there's a hierarchy of things in your life that you have to deal with, and we all have to eat shit about some of these things. And I, I can acknowledge that my iPhone was probably created by an underage person in an unfair labor situation, and I still use my iPhone, but I'm aware of it, and I would like to change it. So there's a hierarchy of those, and the first one to me that seems obvious as white American is our original sin is slavery. Like, that's, that's our original sin. We don't deal with it like the Germans deal with their original sin. We don't acknowledge it. Just pulling down a statue of a slaver shouldn't be praiseworthy. That should, that should be such a fucking given. That should be such a starting point. So we got to just, we got to deal with that original sin and we haven't done it. And well, we should have fucking cut the, 10 years for pulling a statue down. We should have <laughs> fucking cut the union out when we could, you know, 150 some odd years ago. Okay, bye. That's, bye. that's when the big compromises started, though. When the, when the big compromises started, here we are. We're always, always going to be a big compromise. But, but at least in Germany, when they, when they confronted their, their original sins, they confronted it on a level that makes it like 
hardcore if you're if you're caught with that shit in public now you know you can't fly a swastika you can't have one you know you can't talk like that there you it's just it's just it's a felon you go to prison you know we'll never do that here but people are still doing it in fact then there's a huge nationalistic uprising going on in germany most of western europe so Whether or not they can or can't do it doesn't mean that they've learned from the mistakes or are are upholding those those laws, those mandates, whatever you want to call it, that they can't do it. It's just going to, you know, for some of those people, it's just going to make them do it harder. And it's the same thing here. And pull on a statue. Okay, yawn. Tell you what, it'd be really interesting if fucking reparations were given because you all of a sudden start seeing a whole lot of crying, fucking sobbing white people feeling like they're they were they were being ripped off and they're taking it personally and that's actually to go back to black lives matter i feel like people take that shit personally like somehow they do lives are negated because they're trying to say that black lives matter oh really your life all of a sudden doesn't amount to as much because <laughs> black people's lives haven't amounted to anything and now you got to say that black people actually should matter a little bit it's because they got to put. It's because they got to start. They got to make room at the table. Finally, they got. They got to start scooting over a little bit to, to let a brother in. I, I need a seat too. Guess who's coming to dinner? What? Like, where's that money gonna come from? I don't care where the money fucking comes from. They could give me like triple stimulus check, and it still wouldn't be enough. How about it comes, from the, it, come, it comes from the holes that it's being thrown into right now. The pockets of the GOP and their buddies. That's where it comes the, from. The money can come from where our middle class came from, which is my father getting the GI Bill to put him through college, put him through grad school, to make him a professor instead of a hood, and then to give him a house. It can come from that place. That's why I, we're middle class. That's why I had the net that I had that allowed me to risk things, that allowed me to succeed, because we were literally given that money. That was anti-reparation. Mm-hmm. And that's generational wealth. That's the type of thing that goes towards generational wealth, which is one of the biggest scourges of the black community. We don't have generational wealth because we live so, so paycheck to paycheck or hand to mouth that we can't yeah. pass anything along to our, our ancestors, our people, or not our ancestors, to our descendants. And it's, it's pretty, pretty fucked up that we... Yeah, can't. most of us, most of us die broke. Shit. Yeah. And... That goes back, though, Mickey, to what I think is another sort of inside the white bubble thing is, so we're all aware of how white Republicans, if they're talking about the evils of, of gay people in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know they're gay. And if they're talking about abortions, you know they're getting them. They externalize their shame, and they externalize all those things, right? If you, look at what, if you look at all of the base concepts about black culture that are considered by white culture about what your weaknesses would be generational wealth, uh, fathers in the family, education as a priority, um, compound interest, health, all those things. Every one of those that we would hold against black culture for not helping themselves with, every one of those was a very purposeful 450-year systemic effort. We took the father out of your family for 450 years. We hold the families apart. We made you not know what country you were from. We didn't allow you to save. We didn't allow you to learn. All those things were things we did. So we, we as we always do, externalize that shame and that knowledge and that uh, culpability and put it on you. But I don't consider it black culture's fault that they don't have savings or real estate 
or businesses or bank accounts or for that matter families that are broken up all of that we white power people should be patting themselves on the back they did it for purposefully for 450 years and it worked so now we gotta undo that right well it's still working it's still in effect you know, Red I mean, line. and it's, it's not even minuscule anymore. I mean, for a while there, it was getting more, it was getting more and more blurred, um, especially in the tech world, like 20 years ago. But then it just started getting harder. The, the lines are getting harder and harder, especially in the last three years, you know, and it's like you look at it and you go, what do you do? You know, you do Sturgis. Yeah, Sturgis. <laughs> <laughs> when all else fails. It's still blatant, too. I mean, just telling people you don't want blacks to come into the suburbs, you know, is... Yeah, flat out. Every day. Every day we hear it. Me? Nothing. Jamar. Nothing. It's better when you actually put your mouth up under the microphone. It's a new new laptop. (laughs) It's not a laptop. Still can't figure it out. (laughs) Again, fuck up. Let's go back to Wisconsin. So let's talk about that, that little motherfucker from Kenosha. I think he's going to walk. Oh, I, I think so. I think some way he's going to fucking walk too. I mean, at the the bellwether case of note recently to me is still Trayvon. The uh, the notion that I can talk to people who will say he should have just done something different. That notion of done something different. If you <laughs> there's not a fucking chance in the world any of those people would say to their teenage kid, a man who's a vigilante, who's not an officer, is in a tinted window SUV, and he's following you, and he pulls up and says, you should stop and talk to him, that you should go over, talk, be respectful, and listen to him. Nobody would do that. That's insanity. That's the exact opposite of what we, we teach our children. And so the fact that that, like, that is the bellwether case to me in this. What it means is you can kill somebody if they're scary, and only black people are scary. That's the logic, right? Yeah. It's that simple. So Mondo Castile, that that we have this notion that if you are intimidated by somebody, you have the right to shoot them, and only black people are scary, so only black people can get shot and have you walk away. So you don't think so? He killed a white guy now. Yeah, he killed a white guy. Yeah. Again, Sturgis. (laughs) What do you mean? But that guy walks, right? Still, he walks. Because of skateboard. Well, he's going to walk, and he's going to walk with the whole, probably a judge is going to say, you know, he's he's a very bright young man. He's got a full future ahead of him. No, he doesn't. He he's wasn't bright. opportunities. What? He wasn't bright. He was right. dim as a, as a, as a no. dead bulb. I don't give a shit. This is what I'm sure somebody will say, because a lot of people have walked with with that kind of an excuse. Okay. Kind of. Logic, logic says this. Logic says the first victim was shot in the back as he was running away. Logic says the second victim who was shot went to go and swat him, swat the, um, him with the skateboard to stop him from shooting again. Thus gets shot in the front. Okay, logic says he's, that's murder. But since he's white and since he did cross, you know, you know, state lines and everything, they're going to think he's, oh, his, his mom didn't drive him. Yes, she did drive him, but they're going to find some way to twist that around and turn it around and turn it into a victimization because he's a little, little small, dumb white boy who didn't know any better. You know, yeah. I just hope he gets what he get what he needs while he's in jail. That's and all. we all know just from the fact that like, when I talk about that, I say kid, 
Uh, but he's a grown ass man. He's not a kid. Yeah. Grown ass man with a weapon. And the ability to say that a man trying to get away from a cop who doesn't have a weapon deserves to be shot versus a guy walking towards police with a weapon getting patted on the back and getting a bottle of water is so astonishing, but it helps us understand where we are. Yeah. 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 And where we've always been, it's just, now it's, now it's just boiled over. And, and, um, I, only reason why I, I don't, um, I don't get, I don't get upset about it anymore because what's the point, you know, it's either going to get worse or it's going to get better. Either way, it's going to affect me and people who look like me first, mm-hmm. you know, and that's it. And that's the only thing I worry about because if things get out of hand again, I mean, really get out of hand, the next time it's going to be really out of hand. I'm going to be um, uh, uh, the most protected. Let's just say that yeah. because nobody's looking to kill me and kick my ass. Nobody's going to be mad at me. You know, they're going to well, be mad at the whiteness that has allowed this to boil over. And so many. See they, you see, they put that guy Blake on video, video court did. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. In a suit and tie. Yeah. 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 They dropped the charges and shit, but still, you know what I'm saying? Oh no, no, no. They, uh, they told him he can't have any contact, go to that person's house or leave the state unless there's for a medical reason. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's going, I don't think he's going anywhere for a while. Can't walk. You know, I don't think that was was set up. That was a setup to make him everybody know that this guy has priors and he's he's actually a bad guy. Why is it so fucked up on on (laughs) Zoom TV? You know, court TV. It is so fucked up. You know, that goes back to another point about all of this, which is one of the reasons that that Black Lives Matter is so easy to say is that. That's another thing that was taken that we pretend wasn't, which is I get to be Irish, so I can go to Irish Fest, and you can go to Italian Fest, and you can celebrate your German heritage, and you can celebrate whatever. We all, all white people have their heritage that they can go celebrate. We purposely took yours away. So what you are is yeah. So we don't have Uganda Day, and we don't have Ethiopian Day because we deracinated. We took that from you. So when you say black that becomes the equivalent of Irish Lives Matter or whatever. We took all of those individual histories away from you. So that's just another part of it that's like, should make it easy as fuck to say, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, we only had Black Christmas for um, 50 years, so, you know, <laughs> whatever, with a Kwanzaa. <laughs> Sorry, I just... Juneteenth and Kwanzaa and Black History Month. That's what we yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. the shortest month. But it's yeah. another thing that's not accidental. It was purposely <laughs> done. It was, we did that. That's something we did. I know. It's, it's by design. It's by design to quell us, to keep us down, keep oh. us, you know, monkeys in a barrel, easier to shoot. And, you know? and Martin Luther King Day. I forgot about Martin Luther King Day. We get Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, well, if, if, you, don't work for, if you don't work for a corporation, yeah. You know, if you work for a corporation, no, you got to go to work, you know. I mean, you no. can wear an afro to work that day or a dashiki, but that's it. You know? I, you know, I'm still looking into ways to get my myself out of this country permanently. <laughs> Just, and even MLK Day, we couldn't have until we changed MLK into what he's now considered. You know. Well, yeah, he's um, he's he's the, he's white people's favorite black man to quote when it comes to peace. Well, if they don't know shit out. about Malcolm X, though. <laughs> well, they don't know shit about all the other stuff that MLK was saying too, right? We I know, I know, it. I know. We made it just, just that. Just be peaceful. Yeah, sit down and take it. It'd be really interesting 
if we had a Black Panther Day or a an Emmett Till Day or a I don't know Maya Angelou Day or James Baldwin Day, that'd be kind of great. Well, we can we can incorporate that right, right into the black community and do it on our own. We have to do everything else on our own. Well, that's true. That for those true. holidays, for those things, you know, I don't know, I don't know how many slaves had to die for February to happen. You know, we have a Biggie and Tupac day too. <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> so I have, no, they won't. I have a question for the three of you though. What is it that you most look for or need out of white allies? What well, is that's it? That a good um, well, I can start. Um, I need you to, you, the collective white allyship, I need you to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I need you to listen. I need you to say something. If you're seeing one of your cohorts doing something that you think is pretty shitty, um, I need you to understand that you will never understand what it is that we go through. And as a result, you have no ground to stand on when it comes to our experience. But that's not to say you can't offer empathy. Mm-hmm. You can't offer friendship, love, support, guidance, assistance when it's needed or when we need it or when we want to ask for it or when we don't know how to ask for it, you can offer it. But there are ways that, that even empathy will, will leave you kind of lost in what it is that we, we endure on a daily basis. Like, for instance, I don't leave my house after dusk anymore. It'd probably change now that it's getting a little cold out and there's fewer miscreants running around. But, you know, I don't leave my house really after dusk because there's so much activity and so much weirdness and people looking at you strange and wondering what the hell you're doing walking your dog in a fairly white neighborhood at eight o'clock at night, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So that's my answer. Well, I don't, I don't know. Um, all I, all I, all I, under, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. The best things that you can do is one thing. One, first of all, listen. That's the most important thing. Listen, pay attention to what we're saying. Listen to us. Um, and, 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 and as far as things like politics are concerned, don't question our choices because our choices are based on our lives. And most of the time on our lives or how we feel our lives are going to be affected. I mean, like our physical well-being. It's going to be effective because a lot of people argue that. Um, and um, that's about it. I mean, everything else, it should be one and two if you actually care. If people really care, they wouldn't, um, they wouldn't tolerate the ongoing, um, you know, uh, um, you know uh, mocking of us in front of, in, in front of other people, family members, shit like that. I'm, I'm loving how my white friends are getting on their fucking family's cases about their behavior mm-hmm. and not letting things slide. You know, don't let things slide and just listen, you know. Yeah. yeah, don't let things slide, like you said, but also uh, we need resources uh, to get where we need to go. And so we have questions for you guys that we need answers. We don't have it right now. We don't have the resources to get, you know, wealth or property or money or whatever. And so these things are need answered and understand, you know, we're fucking mad. <laughs> You know, and we're not trying to take from you. We're trying to get what you have, you know, on an equal footing. That's- yeah, none of that sounds very painful to me, you know what I mean? <laughs> it, all sounds, it all sounds like this rational, everyday fucking life. Pretty other- reasonable. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that one of the ones I could say from liberal white America, which is different because people do mean well but don't always know how to achieve it, is that while we all 
talk a good game, we got to start doing um, bringing your kids in to the internship and to the counselor who sneaks you into the school and into the bank and into those things. Because there's an enormous amount of that that happens that we all forget about or ignore or pretend didn't happen. And we got to reach across and, and just offer the hand that was oh, is so long overdue, you know? Yeah. I don't want to be nothing like you. I don't want to be nothing like, I wouldn't trade, I would, you know, you're a handsome man, but I wouldn't trade my, I wouldn't trade myself or anything. But what I do want is I want access to your resources yeah. because you know, just just a little bit, just a little bit more, just a little bit yeah. more. I don't want to, I don't want to look, I just need enough, you know, to do my thing. You just know, I think that everybody needs to do that. Just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> Guys, we have to wrap it up. Well, I, my last thing I'd say to all of you is that the biggest thing I see is the safety net that I was provided by the resources and benefit of being white middle-class American. And that was education, but it was also everything else. And if you look at Bezos or any of those people who have accomplished stuff like that, it all comes from their parents and then giving them that loan and their friends mm-hmm. getting them to the bank and the guy that they knew who got them into Harvard and all that shit. So that's the thing. I mean, yeah. it's true. that's a net it's you don't true. have. You guys are walking a tightrope without a net. Well, at least we have good friends like you. So indeed, love you all. Absolutely. Thank thank you again, Rye. My great pleasure. I uh, when you guys talk about listening, it's been a real pleasure listening to your podcast. I've learned a lot, man. That's great. That's really sweet. Yay! All right, y'all. Well, I'm Tricky Mickey. I'm Malcolm Tint. I'm Big Jer. Thanks again, Rye. Y'all take care, and we'll see you next time. Oh, thank you, Rye. Bye. Bye.